This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time now for Green Thumbs in Canterbury, out and about with the Canterbury Horticultural Society. Ray and Lorraine from Canterbury Horticultural Society out and about in Christchurch. And it's now officially autumn, Lorraine. I know, here we are. Gosh, hasn't the last been, month been crazy for lots of people? Oh, it's been crazy. And the weather and everything that's happened. Exactly. And yesterday mm. was 30 points something rather, and today's 26. And mm. here, obviously, hopefully, mm. we're going to have a long Indian summer, maybe, and things will get time to get ripen right. and everything. Yeah. How's, yeah. how's your garden looking? You know, um, it's been such a funny year. What's... Oh, it has. It has. I've had a really good crop of courgettes. <laughs> I think everybody across your chairs. I know. I've given, I was giving them everywhere. Um, so they're just they're slowing down now, which is quite good. Um, my celery's nearly ready. I've got parsley that's coming on quite well. Uh, the the pa- potatoes have got lots of heads on them, but I haven't really dug the second lot to yep. see if the, I don't know quite how they're doing underneath there. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've got another area that I'm going to be putting vegetables in to help with winter, you know, yep. vegetables mm-hmm. with what's happening, being happening. Yep. The veggies are going to get so expensive, so... Well, Hopefully right. I'm going to be growing some for myself. Good. Well, mm. that's, that's a good way to look forward. Yes. Um, I've got beans in. We were we went north during all that terrible weather. Right. Um, we went there for Hurricane um, Gabriel, Cyclone Gabriel, but we were there the week before. Um, but down here it was fine. I'd planted some beans, and when we came back, they were in flower, and so I'm actually harvesting my own beans now, nice. which is, when well, yeah. you think how late we planted them, nice. and I'm like, yeah, but my potatoes, all the tops have died down, and I'm oh. starting to think maybe I should harvest them and store them right. rather than leave them in the ground. So right. um, that's a decision I have to make this weekend. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, so mm. it is, you know, it's just starting to trade into autumn, isn't it? Yes, but it's just a thing of got looking, checking your garden, because it'll let you know, won't Absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah, it'll just keep looking. You know. And yeah. you have to, with potatoes, you either do a little bit of canoodling or bit doodling or whatever you mean to do, and just check them underneath, or just dig one lot up. Yes, I might do that, like. actually, yeah. see how they're doing, because yeah. they're, they're just, they haven't died off or anything yet, so. Oh, well. Anyway. Have they had flowers? Uh, yes. Oh, well, once they flower, they've got potatoes there. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. They're just growing bigger now. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, that's pretty quite good. Yeah. Um, talking about harvesting time, it is time to start mm. harvesting things. Yes. And if you're going to store things, you know, you really do have to store your very best. Yes. Anything that's damaged or fly-blown or something, you just need to... Well, mostly I just poach it and bottle it and put it in the freezer. Right. I think even damaged fruit's not... Not always safe to bottle. No, no. no. But anyway, but no. The current um, situation where mm. we are going to have a shortage, maybe mm. it mm. sounds very much like we're having a shortage of things mm. over the winter. Mm. Um, I'm I'm freezing everything I can, you know, I've, I can, yeah, just to make sure we've got it. Yeah, yeah. right, um, right. Um, keep watering up the keep your water up, even though we're having a bit of rain. The wind's drying everything off, isn't it? It is. Yes, I still. A water here, there, and everywhere. Not not everything every day, no. but you know, just here and there. Well, it's what you said. It's looking at your garden and yes, seeing what it, it needs. Yes, That's right. Yeah. yeah, lawns, of course, are looking 
dry around town. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. I'd Although look, ours is looking quite good, but still. Yeah. 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 I, was, I think yeah. ours was looking a bit dry. And, right. Um, but you, the broad leaves need to come out. And I noticed my husband out with a little weedery thing, oh. taking the um, creepy creepy things like the um, oh, that little sort of um, clovery thing under the lawn and oh, things at okay. yeah, this time of year. Right. But yeah. no, if you've got a great big lawn, it's quite a lot of work. Yes. So it um, needs a bit of maintenance then, doesn't it? It is. It's maintenance time yeah. for your lawns. Yeah. Um. Um. Yes, I've been doing a bit of that actually, and I've been pulling out. I've been pulling out um, bits and pieces. Like I had a big agapanthus that just went crazy, so we've pulled that out, and I'm shifting things from one place to another, just so they're in a, you know, got more room yeah. to grow yeah. and all no, that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose um, pumpkins. Yes, if you're lucky enough to have pumpkins, yeah. Yeah, leave them to dry off. Yes, yeah, and just let them sit on the ground for a few days till they dry out. Yeah, and then store them on their sides is the best thing, isn't it? that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking to Hamish Preble out at um, Textured Plants recently, so Mm. we're going to have a little listen to him. Those are great great guys out there. They've got most wonderful plants and things, and really interesting to hear how they started. Mm. Yeah, it will be. Yes, it's good. Well, this morning I'm talking to Hamish Preble of Texture Plants. So we've had to come out on this lovely morning all the way out to Prebleton, Hamish, to see you. Thank you very much for coming out to see me. It's good to see you guys out here on this lovely morning. Yep. Now, Hamish, you've been out here for a while, and obviously, is Prebleton named after your family? You state the obvious. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, it's named after my great, 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 great grandfather, William Preble, who was one of the original settlers of the area. Um, the Preble family actually came into New Zealand in the, before the first four ships came into Christchurch. So um, the Preble family came on the Aurora boat into Petone and Wellington. Oh, pre, wow. pre, Pre-treaty, I might add. Yeah. yeah, pre-treaty. Well, that's pretty good and special in Christchurch because, you know, it's the four ships are the important ones here. <laughs> yeah, correct. And, uh, yeah, our family, there, there was, a, there was a, a number of brothers came out and some were builders, there was butchers, and um, they they helped with the you know the original settlers of Canterbury, the Deans brothers. They were out on the peninsula helping over in Purau and places like that. So yeah, they were quite instrumental in the in the you know as, as the original settlers of the of the area. Oh well, you certainly you know you're in the right place then, aren't you? Obviously, not too far from home anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Right now, how long since you set up Texture Plants? Uh, my brother Tim and I set up the nursery in 1994, which seems a few years ago now. Um, both of us finished up at school and did our training at Odering's Nurseries in town at Stabridge Street. So we both went in, uh, out to Lincoln and attempted getting a diploma in horticulture. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound as though you didn't? <laughs> we had a good time. We did our time, but uh, it was all fun. But we, you know, we got a passion for horticulture out of that, basically. And um, Oderings was a was a great instrument, or well, very instrumental in, in, in our, our desire to get into horticulture and, and our enthusiasm that came from that. And um, so we both of us worked there for four or five years while we were at Lincoln, doing the weekends, doing the you know the holidays and things like that. That sort of gave us a really good understanding of horticulture and the different facets of it. And from that, Texture Plants was developed because um, Oderings was very much about the bedding plants and the annuals and the roses and the flowers, basically, and riots of colour and rainbows of colour and, you know, the old bedding displays and things. Um, 
Tim and I were brought up with that with our uncle, Uncle Barry, who used to live down Cashmere View Street and used to compete in all the show gardens. Oh, right, because they were glorious gardens in oh, those days. Absolutely, and um, Barry used to clean up. He used to clean up all the time. And um, so we were brought up around that style of garden. And, um, you know, for birthdays and Christmas and things, we'd be given Little Red Riding Hood tulips and, you know, lots of horticultures in our blood, pretty much. Um, my, my granddad on my, on my dad's side, uh, Stan Preble, he was, he was instrumental in the Lily Society at the Hort Society and things. And, um, I've got a couple of the old cups from the Hort Society that are no longer used or given out that he had gifted to the, to the Hort Society that have come back to us. So it's, it's in the blood. Um, but we, yeah, Tim and I basically saw an opportunity, hence the name Texture Plants. We saw an opportunity in the market for foliage plants opposed to the flowering plants. So, you know, to put it simple, we were looking at a year round interest in the garden and flowers as being a seasonal interest opposed to being the backbone of the garden. Um, and we're talking in the days when everyone is into perennials yep. and it was a blue garden or a white garden. And yeah, you might have had a blue garden or a white garden for a couple of months of the year. The rest of it was... Yeah, that's interesting. And then from that, you went into natives as well, didn't you? Yes, we do natives. We do a wide range of um, plants. And uh, so so from that, we, we, we sort of got the nursery. We brought it, We spent $500 and bought an old tunnel house. We um, asked Merv, my father, who had, had the Lush Lawn Turf Farm at, on the site where we are now, Asked him if we could um, steal some land off him and put this greenhouse up, and he was he was good for that. So we we put that up and we started propagating perennials and things because that was what the market wanted at the time, and they were quick and easy to turn over. And we used to go down to the Rickerton Market on a Sunday morning with the old TK Bedford loaded up with PB fives and PB threes, and uh, all these perennials of different natures. And uh, it was in the days when the Rickerton Market was at the Rickerton High School, so it's going back a few years. Mm-hmm. And we'd, we'd be up at like five or six in the morning, off, treadle, load the truck up, treadle down there, sell our wares. Yeah, we might sell a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks worth of plants, come back, and that brought the potting mix for the next week for potting up. And we just built the business over time. We never actually borrowed any money. We just built the business up over time. We're very lucky we had the, the land we were yeah. you know, able to use. Yeah. And um, that gave us the opportunity to sort of get, get up and going. Yeah. Goodness, and what a difference you've made, haven't you? Now it's We've come um, a long way. Come a long <laughs> way, because I mean, I look at now just here, just the different plants that are in this room with us. Um, Nineteen ninety-four, you wouldn't have seen them probably. No, no, and house plants were far from our radar back then. You know, like that's that's yeah. a, that's a very new. Um, Thing, line of plants we've got into, uh, obviously with, on the back of the wave of the, the COVID wave of house plants, which have been very popular. Yeah. Yeah, well, coming in, we had look at a couple of beautiful, um, doteras that have been topiaried. And yeah. you wouldn't think of topiaring doteras, would you? No, not necessarily, but look, any, any plant can be, uh, tortured, as I call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a few in my garden, but it's, um, you know, a totara is a perfect example for topiary because it's a very, very slow growing plant. So as long as you've got a bit of patience, you actually have a very long living topiary. You can get a plant, you know, once you get it to shape, it's got the longevity there. Whereas some of your quicker plants that will become topiaries quickly outdo their welcome. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, very, Bog standard plants get used for topiary, I feel. Yeah, yeah it's just it's just sort of a green leaf like a bay tree or a green leaf like a Portuguese laurel. Yeah, they're, they're, they're shiny, they're, they're green, but they don't really have any flowering or fragrance of any any great nature, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's it's nice just to use the natives and do something a bit different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and of course, I get this beautiful lichen-y 
um, trunks because they've got the length of time to, to, to develop into the shape. Yes, absolutely. And, you, and, and the tailor have got a lovely bark on them as well, yeah. which is yeah, it's an added feature to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you've diversified a lot. You just said you've diversified into houseplants. You've gotten to landscaping? Correct. Yes. So... I'll, I'll give you a bit of a time on that, on that. So if we if we set up in 1994, Tim and I were basically working for Merv at Preble Seeds at the time, uh, full-time, and then we would, uh, lunch times and after work, we'd come over to the nursery and on the weekends and do a bit of potting up and propagating and get things going. We did that right through till about 2000. 2000, well, before 2000, I'd travelled overseas um, through Europe and South America and all around the world, and... Along that way, you know, being interested in horticulture and having a nursery back home, I was checking out what the market does over there. And we came across this place in South England called Architectural Plants, and it was a great inspiration to us. It was, um, this guy imports all these crazy, amazing specimens out of Europe and was selling them back into the, into the UK market and just had a really nice niche and a really cool wee vibe to it. And we were just like, man, this is what we need to be yeah. doing at home. So, yeah, we'd already started down that track, but that really reinforced it to us that that's what we needed to be doing. So we um, started chasing that. Uh, 2000, when I came, well, I came back about 98, 99, but in 2000, I started working for the business full-time. Uh, Tim came along full-time probably a year after that as well. And we just started building the business up from that. We, in those days, succulents were very trendy. We were, we had a couple of greenhouses full of succulents and we were wholesaling them all around the country to all the other garden centres and mitre tens and things around the country. Mm. Um, we soon worked out that was a pretty hard way to, <laughs> to make a living. <laughs> um, and so we, we started changing our bent and it was about 2008 in the GFC and, uh, Merv offered us a turf farm. He was, he was wanting to get out and, and saw the, you know, the, that we could lock it inside our business and it would sort of add to what we were doing. So we were offered the opportunity to purchase that, which we took up. Um, that sort of gave us, you know, not only the plants and we had the lawn aspect covered for the garden. Then we, you know, carried on, come through to 2010, the earthquakes come along and we'd already been doing planting plans and sketches and helping people out with garden design, but nothing too formal. And we saw an opportunity, obviously, after the earthquakes with all the rebuild to get into landscaping. And uh, Peter Gould, uh, he came across to us. He, he'd been a landscaper for a number of years on, a, on his own and he'd worked for Goom Landscapes. And um, he came across to us and basically helped us set up our landscape division, um, having an inherent uh, you know, understanding of that market. Pete was fantastic. So we, um, we got into the, got into the um, design of gardens and also the construction of gardens. Yeah. And, uh, and now so, we now we do the whole lot pretty much. Yeah. And did you start specialising in special hedging plants and things like that, or, or because I know you were doing lots of work with carochias and things, weren't you? Yes, we we were, but we sort of. I suppose we were in the early days. We were all about the rare, unusual, and interesting. Like we still we still wear that badge because that's our point of difference. I suppose we've got to differentiate ourselves from the other garden centres and the box stores and things. So by having little treasures around the place hidden. It's a nice way for people to come along and you know, go home with something with a big smile on their face. Right. So yeah, that's, we get quite a thrill out of doing that, yeah. and it's, it's sort of a bit of our legacy too, I suppose. You've got to, you know, these plants come and go; they've become very trendy these days, um, but they'll come back again at some point. And um, there's people like us that are trying to hold on to these things and trying to keep them in the market. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I know in the, in the 30 years I've been in the game, how much stuff we've lost 
there's so many plants, so much plant material you just can't get today. And of course, with all the clubs and the hoarding societies and things like that, they, yeah, they're not as strong as they once were. So you just don't have these collectors around, or the collectors aren't networking as much as they used to and sharing stuff. It's all done on the wide web these days. It is, and I remember in the um, early days for me at the Haughty, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago, um, there were people there used to come in with treasures to sell. Now we don't have the people who've Absolutely. got the patience. Yep, well, I always remember the um, Alpine Society shows, oh. you know, and you yeah. know that it, you know, it opened at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, and there'd be a queue out the door. Right and if you, the were, if you weren't there at 8 o'clock in the morning, yeah. you were missing out on any treasures, you know? Yeah. So there was, you know, there was a demand, you know? Like, people were quite passionate. And I think I think the big swing I've seen probably in the 30 years is people used to collect plants. Like, so people used to be passionate about roses, succulents, halibores, whatever it might be, right? And they would go to the end of the country to get the next one or the latest one or the one they don't have, right? Or they, you know, share it with their friends or whatever. But um, now the market to me, we don't have the green thumb people so much. People still enjoy the garden and the benefits of the outdoor garden. And it's more that indoor-outdoor flow thing going on today. And I, I think if I was to surmise it, I'd say... People are more interested in about adding value to their property. So it's all about what can I do to add to the add to the experience or add to the value or the indoor outdoor flow mm-hmm. of my house. Yeah. It's most people's number one asset. So they're always looking to add value to it and um, you know, make it a, a more habit, you know, more interesting place to hang out. Yeah. Yeah, and of course we like the ordered look, don't we? Um, because we want to look tidy. But I think people who collect plants tend to have quite a jumbly garden because you know, they have to have another little corner to fill. It doesn't the say, saying go, don't never look in a tradesman's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit like that. My, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a plant nutter. You know, I love, I love plants and I love all sorts of plants. And, uh, you know, my garden is very eclectic. Um, and I've tried to, you know, restrain myself and keep a bit of order in the house. But it's very hard because, you know, new things come through. All you, the time. And yeah. I'm... I'm I'm learning all the time too. So I, you know, new plants come through. I want to put them in my garden and trial them and see what they do and how they perform. Yeah. And um, yeah, then I can pass those experiences on to my customers, well, which is what it's all about. That's really good first-hand knowledge when that happens. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. It's well, it's great. hands-on experience. Yeah. 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 Well, I was going to ask you what you preferred in the way of plants. Obviously, <laughs> you like everything. I do. I I have. I, I call my garden at home the tortured garden. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of. Um, Plants that I've shaped. So I've got a, a you know, one of my favourite trees is a juniper kaizuka, um, which is your, your Hollywood juniper. And you see that they're growing down Hollywood Boulevard. You see them, you know, they're very, very tough you know, tree. Um, why I love it is you can shape it. It grows so random. It's a very random tree the way it grows. And um, you can shape them into pretty much whatever you like. And uh, I had one in my front garden at home that I shaped into a big scorpion. Which I actually chopped out to the demise, and my, you know, my children were not very happy about that in winter. But it just got too big for the space, yes. and either plants had all grown in, so it was time to go. But, and as I said to them, I can make another one in five, six years. What's the, what's the big deal? Yeah. Um, well, it's nice they, to have that confidence, Hamish. Yeah, exactly. But at my front door, I've got what I call the Dr. Zeus tree, which is a um, very cool kaizuka. All the branches are all sort of twisted. And then they've got big balls on top, and it, it just makes a statement when you come yeah. into the front door. It looks fantastic. Mm. Well, if anyone should have statement plants, you should have statement plants. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. Oh, I would expect <laughs> so, yes, exactly. Now, if there's some beginners out there that really would like to get stuck in and start um, collecting something, where, where would they start? 
Um, well, yeah, start with your passion, where your passion lies, I suppose. Um, yeah, everyone has different ideas of the plants they like. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you want to go down an easy road, yeah, I'd suggest succulents. Yeah. yeah, they're very forgiving to, you know, missing a few waterings. <laughs> and when you go on holiday, they don't need to be tended, yeah. all that sort of thing. Um, and there's a really cool range of succulents out there. Yeah, some more hardy than others. Um, but yeah, they always look amazing in pots. They look fantastic in pots. They're very easy care. And, and they've just got that tolerance that you don't get from a lot of plants. Yeah. I mean, and some of your natives yeah. are good as well, but yeah, succulents would be a good starting yeah. point. Yeah, because you can get them in all sizes, can't you? I mean, I always think of succulents being quite small little things, but it's some quite huge ones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no massive. You can get you know, into your bigger garbages and things yeah. like that. Some of them can get quite large. And then when they flower, well, watch out. You're going to have a telegraph pole come out the top of that thing. You know, <laughs> like they're amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, good fun. Like when they flower... You know, these crazy plants flower and we get phone calls from people like, man, what's going on with this? It's, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we actually had one in agave at work one year flower and we put a um, big metal, a big metal pole up beside it. Yeah. We we're measuring every day how much it grew. Yeah. And man, just, it's just fun. You know, it's just, yeah. yeah, these things are growing like three to six inches a day. Really? Yeah. And it's just like this giant asparagus coming out the top. You know, <laughs> it's quite cool. So yeah. yeah, it's just one of the fascinations of the of the plant world. You know, and yeah. and and I believe that you know nature provides. It's all there. It's yeah. just a case of actually um, getting down and dirty and and and, and enjoying it. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, if the beginners are going to get started, that do they need to look at the soil? And is is there an important sort of aspect? Yeah, I think soil is very undervalued, probably, um, particularly in today's world. Well, particularly in Christchurch. You know, after the earthquakes, the soils are very modified. The subdivisions are all getting um, all the topsoil scraped off back to the clay. Then they're adding clay over the top of that, and it has become a real problem. Um, I've, as, as I said earlier, I've never had seen so many dead trees as what I have in the last five six years. Yeah. And and what it is is people aren't breaking when they dig the hole. They're digging a hole just big enough for the pot, and they actually need to get the spade through the clay pan to release the water out the back of the bottom of that hole. What's happening is the plants are effectively drowning. They're sitting in, they're sitting in a, in a, in a pot of water and the water, clay being so fine, the water doesn't get through it very quick. And, uh, the signs on the top are the same whether a tree is dry or wet. Mm. And people take the dry option and keep adding water and effectively drown the roots off. Yeah. Well, the clay pan's quite thick though, isn't it? Like, our place is very th- a metre or two metres down. Yeah, they can be a metre 1.2 is generally where they're at, but, yeah, with trees, if you know, if you're spending a couple hundred bucks on a tree, it's worth the investment of digging through a wee bit further. Absolutely. You know, and if you if you want to be um if you want to take the easier way about it, you can do it with a with a digger or with a with an auger. Um, if you're going to use an auger, just make sure you scratch out the sides of the hole so you haven't got a you don't spiral <laughs> yeah. the the roots on the plant. You should put a spade down the side of it and just chip out the the edges yeah. so the roots can get out of that um gridlock. Yeah. <clears throat> oh well, that's interesting. That's good. That's good. Um, information for people yeah. I think they, yeah, don't, yeah. they just don't know that sort of thing yeah and I think the other thing I'd add to that is if you look if you're new and you're novice ask ask lots of questions there's plenty of people out there with good advice I mean the Hort the Hort Society is fantastic you know, all the affiliated clubs are fantastic if you're into into one of those you know lines of plants yeah. and the garden centres particularly us boutique guys yeah. you know, we're hands on growing this stuff every day we've got a pretty good understanding of how it works so come and ask us questions bring photos in you know, photos say a thousand words. So, yep. mm, yeah, if you've got a problem great. with a plant, take some photos, bring them in. If you've got insects or bugs or diseases, bring them in, but please put them in a bag so they don't escape from <laughs> <in> the nursery. 
<laughs> I can imagine bear that. Bear <laughs> yeah. uh, I was going to ask you how to avoid diseases. Yeah, no, I prefer them in a bag, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. Well, Hamish, I could hold you up for hours here, but you're a busy man. Yes. But thank you for sharing all these stories with us. No problems at all, um, mate. It's been enjoyable. We might have to come back and visit you another day. You never know. Oh, well, so there you go. The go office around, always there. Go around the shop with you and have a look at the, um, the plants. All the plants. Mm. Yeah, great. no, sounds awesome. Thanks, so, yeah, thanks awesome. for having me. Oh, very, very much enjoyed you. Well, there's lots of really good courses coming up for the Horticultural Society this next month, especially when people are going to need to buy... Uh, not going to you know, want to grow some grow. decent vegetables themselves. Yes, yes. There's a garden organics course coming up in March, April. There's eight specialised centres um, sessions there, mm. run by the organic mm. school, mm. and you can do it uh, individual ones if you like. Is that right? Oh, I don't know about that. I think the re- I think you, you can. can. Can you? I, I think, think I think so. So it would be good okay. to check. Well, yeah. that's good to check that. Yeah. Um, this precision pruning, but how how to prune things. Mm. Um, rose pruning and mm-hmm. winter fruit tree pruning. So mm-hmm. there's quite a lot of courses. So look on the Horticulture Society um, website. Mm. And also a very interesting talk coming up at the beginning of next month. Sue Malloy from the Botanic Gardens. She's a long-standing botanical resources coordinator. And she's really has a passion for everything historical about the Botanic Gardens. Mm. So and she's going to be speaking at the Horticulture Society at um, on the 5th of April at one o'clock in the afternoon and at seven, seven o'clock, at night. seven in the evening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to come along and listen to Sue, um, it should be very, very interesting. Yes. And also um, there's going to be a mini-speaker. Dave Adams is going to talk about the edible gardens. Yes. So if anybody yes. knows or wants to see anything about the edible gardens, he's going to have a um, – I'm pretty sure he'll have a PowerPoint. Good. I, I definitely want to see that one. It's nice to see what other people are growing in their gardens, isn't Amazing it? Amazing what they yes. can grow. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So if you've got any queries, any suggestions, wanted to say anything at all to us, um, email into info at plainsfm.org.nz or call the office on 365-7997 and another month of gardening ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to get in the garden. Though. That's my happy place, actually. I, right. I, I love my garden. So, yeah. yeah, and it's good when you can get some good produce. And yes, and flower, you know, sort and of. Flowers. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, I just love it.